for six months, the Denver Nuggets told us that when the time came, they would be ready. Some of us doubted. That would be me. Some of us believed. <laughs> this is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform you choose, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, for checking us out on YouTube. You can hit the like and subscribe button, turn on notifications to join the chat live. Lots of folks. Chat is bumping after a game one win for the Denver Nuggets. We appreciate you guys making us part of your day and your first listen. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DNVR. You can check out the pre and post game shows before every Nuggets game over at DNVR, as well as great Nuggets content daily. And check out the DNVR bar. It's the best place for you to watch any Colorado sports game that could possibly exist. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. The promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com. Promo code. Locked on. On today's show, we'll be talking about the Denver Nuggets' dominant Game 1 win versus the Minnesota Timberwolves in Game 1 of their Western Conference first-round playoff series on Sunday night. Uh, Adam, I will begin the segment by saying that Adam Silver is a war criminal as I got home from the arena at 2 a.m. and then had to get my kids up at 7. But I'm going to bring it. I'm going to raise my energy, and we're going to bring it because the Nuggets honestly deserve it after that performance. They do deserve it, man. I mean, it is funny, all of the hand-wringing about will they, won't they be ready. And unwarranted, understanding, understandable, given how they finished the last season. But to come out with that performance and execution is is hilarious because that wasn't a good defensive game. That was a great one. That wasn't a good execution. That was a great execution. So um, Denver honestly was on top of their game. It had the warranted uh, intensity and attention to detail and all of those things. And it it was a reminder that um, at their best, they really are a pretty dominant team. Is this right? This is right. Yeah, yeah, this is right. The Minnesota Timberwolves shot 19 of 36 from two-point range for 42%. They had bad process. I mean, some of this was then helped. It was bad. 19 of 45. I'm sorry. That's the correct answer. Uh, 19 of 45 for 42%. The math didn't check out that first one. Um, you know, I asked Adam or asked Aaron Gordon after the game, I said, you know, for six months, I've been asking you, can you guys do this when you need to? And you said, yeah, we can. Like, we, ha we have the capability. We, we know what we're doing. Like, this was this is AG, this was KCP, and this was Bruce Brown throughout the – and Jeff Green. Whenever I went in the locker room and was like, hey, so just, like, want to check in if you're, like, concerned because you, you guys, like, really don't seem to be able to defend, like, at all. Um, and they were like, we know what we can do. Like, we're pretty confident. Like, you know, we've got to be able to lock in. We have to do it but we know we can we can accomplish and start to finish. Um, there's a lot to get into this game. Well, real quick, just to be fair, this was a bad team um, coming off of a pretty intense week. Like they, I think fatigue played a little bit of a factor in this game. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, we, as much as it was great to see Denver locked in for this one, I don't know that that means Denver's going to be the best defense in the NBA every single game, or even every single game in this series. Yeah, I mean, look, um, you don't want to overreact to game one. It's just, it's never a good thing. Um, there are adjustments that will be made. Uh, there's shooting variants that will shift in the series. Um, 
different twists and turns and performances, outlier performances. Ask the Memphis Grizzlies about Rui Achimura. Like you get a good game from a role player and that's like how it kind of goes. Um, so there's a lot to like be patient on um, right. in terms of the series and not get ahead of yourself. All you can really do though, if you're the Nuggets is like, you just take it one game at a time. They need 16. They got fifth. Now they need 15. You know, they, they need 15 wins. That's it. Um, and now they got to go out and they got to do it again versus a team that will probably be pretty embarrassed by their performance because they really did lose in every single facet of the game. I don't know what the wolves did well last night. Yeah, nothing. I mean, they were, they were pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was right, they, us on locked on nuggets. We'll see. No, the Timberwolves were were bad last night. They just it was not an impressive game. They had little moments. Anthony Edward had a moment in the second quarter, um, but they were very unimpressive in both their their game plan, their execution. I mean, here's the thing that I keep thinking about: Denver has executed throughout the course of the season, but they didn't do it at the end, and they didn't do it consistently. The Timberwolves, I don't think, are a good team that has that gear in them. They were very sloppy. With their rotations, they were very sloppy on offense. There were a lot of possessions where they broke down, and you could tell they didn't know where they wanted to go with it. They just looked like a team that was several steps behind Denver in the process of becoming a great team. So, to me, that I mean, but it was also encouraging. I mean, there were so many encouraging things that came out of this for Denver um, because when you are a good team, you need to make those bad teams expose themselves. And I just thought that's what happened last night. I asked about the pace after the game. I don't understand. People say this, like, get the vibes up. What are the, I don't understand the vibes being down. Denver won by 30. It was dominant. I don't understand the vibe, the low vibes. Uh, I don't I don't understand what people are seeing in that. I think because I'm tired and you're saying they're bad. That's why. The, the Timberwolves are bad. Yes. So, yeah, the like, Nuggets are great, though, to be clear. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The Nuggets like, are great. They were One of the things that we talked about in the, in the series preview with Swipa and Ryan was that we were like, if the Nuggets are going to win the series, they're just going to have to be like, we're just better than you. Like, we're way better than you. The Nuggets in game one were just way better than the Wolves. Like, every single facet of the game, they were sharper. They were better. They had the best player. Like, everything, you know. Um, it, here's it, Well, this was maybe the best team win of the season. And when I mean team win is, like, Jokic played great, especially early on, and he had some great footwork. Murray closed the game really strong. But this was Bruce played great. KCP yeah. played great. There was a great Murray to MPJ connection throughout this game, like at all points of it. Um, this was just a good team win where I thought everybody contributed. The only guy who maybe contributed below expectation was Aaron Gordon just because he got in foul trouble. And we can talk about that later in some of the like things to look ahead in, in game two. But for the most part, this was one of those games where everybody played well and everybody played well together. And additionally, like even on, on Aaron's side, two of four from three, he hit two threes to punish yep. the way they were playing off of him. The four is as important as the two to me because that's like the right amount for giving that defense. You can fall in love with it a little too much. And I just thought that he picked his spots well and and knocked down the ones that mattered. Uh, before we go to the next segment, I wanted to ask you, I talked about pace because to me, like I noticed you've got me primed on this. Like I'm watching how quickly they get into their sets. Um, they absolutely destroyed the Wolves in transition baskets. They didn't turn the ball over. So the Wolves only got four shots on fast break opportunities last night. That's incredible. Yeah. And they got downhill on them. But even when they weren't getting downhill, like they were, Jokic and Murray both 
were pushing to get the ball up. Like they came out in that, like from tip off and we're like, we're on you. Like we're, you're not going to be able to get, get set versus us. We're going to be into things quicker. I, I, I didn't notice that. And I thought that Minnesota, the one thing they did was put full court pressure on Jamal and especially Bruce, whenever Bruce was bringing the ball up, Denver had the third played at a 94. Their pace was 94. So it was a pretty slow game. So that one, I, I don't know if I if I would necessarily agree with, but it doesn't matter. They scored so easily on them. I don't know. Go back and watch the first quarter. I'll tell you, like they really were getting into, into stuff really quickly. Like they put, um, they put stuff. Uh, they were there was an intensity and intent to get things running quicker. And Mullen talked about it after the game. He was like, "We we haven't done a good enough job since I've been here of um, taking advantage of the altitude, and we have to do that." And so, like that was, I think, encouraging for a Nuggets fan. On the other side, we'll talk about Nicola's footwork and the number of ways that he embarrassed Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, we'll talk about MPJ and shrugging off uh, a bad offensive start with some great rebounding and some later shot making. Jamal doing much of the same. Um, we'll also get into Christian Brown mixing it up, and I want to give credit to Bruce Brown for really showing up and being the player that we talked about him being all the way back when the Nuggets got him last summer we'll do that on the other side but first i need to tell you about price picks price picks is daily fantasy made easy you just pick two to six players and if they'll score more or less than their projections and you can win up to 25 times your money you're not competing against other people it's just you versus the projections and price picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch you can get on the nba playoffs you can get it on mlb nhl playoffs pga college football men's college basketball how about soccer WNBA starts soon nascar tennis MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. Put in 50 or 25, they'll give you 50 or 25. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKED ON and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. It's a victory Monday for the Denver Nuggets as they get the win versus the Minnesota Timberwolves in Game One. Um, Want to ask you? You know, there's a comment in here. Nuggets. Okay, let's let's get the, a little bit of concern here. So Travis says the Nuggets were kind of inefficient offensively. What no, you think no they were. Okay. They they had I think a one twenty two point seven offensive rating before garbage time. <laughs> like I think it finished with a one fifteen, which by the way wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be their normal standard. Um, but for the part of the game that matters, they, their offense was humming. Yeah, 122 with Jokic on the floor. It just kind of felt like it because of the shooting percentages in that first half. But then they really kind of cooked him in the third. Um, what do you think about Jokic's game last night? Because there's a lot to kind of kind of get into that between the fouls and just like all the dynamics. What do you think about Jokic's game last night? Um, I thought he was great. I mean, his first of all, his defense I thought was very good. Very and that good. was the thing. I mean, there were still one or two plays where he kind of conceded layups that I didn't love. And obviously the foul trouble is something to keep an eye on, although those last two fouls felt more intentional. Um, like he just wanted to be taken out of the game or something. Yeah. But he nonetheless he had four fouls in and still in the part of the game that mattered. So that's something to monitor. But defense was great, and then offensively. <laughs> Only Yoke can go at guys and make them look silly as effortlessly as he does and yet not be more aggressive than that. And it was the right call. Like, he just let the game come to him. He didn't need to be more aggressive last night. But 
He was putting those guys in the spin cycle. He had moves. He was he felt confident. They weren't hard doubling, and yet he didn't force things. And it's just sort of the genius of Yoke. Um, if this game were closer, I believe he would have been more aggressive. He was very aggressive early on, kind of setting the tone. Um, so I thought it was a great Jokic game, even if the numbers don't stand out. And even if I don't think a lot of times when he has a great Jokic game, he's reason number one, two, and three that they won. I just thought this was a team win and he played great in it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I agree. The defense in particular, like he was really disruptive when for some reason, Carl Anthony Towns tried, they tried to get big to big passing going in the third quarter. That was weird. And then like, Jokic just disrupted, I think, three or four plays. Um, and that was really good. Um, th- there wasn't a lot of situations. They did a good job, I thought, of – I thought the perimeter defense on Ant was really good. Bruce, um, AG, everyone, I thought, did a really good job of – there wasn't space for those guys to work with. Like, I wonder if in game two a lot of it's going to be trying to attack with Conley a little bit more. That they should. I mean, if we can talk about adjustments for Minnesota, but that's definitely one of them. Is They did it early on, and then they went away from it. I don't know what happened. The, Minnesota was very strange in this game to me and, and some of the things they chose to do because they also had success with Kyle Anderson in the short roll for a while there and, and went away from it. So I don't know if they were just testing out different things to see what worked and what didn't. I don't think any of it's going to work to the level that will beat Denver. Um, but... But yeah, the the defense, uh, I thought, I I am curious to see about the defense in the upcoming games against Anthony Edwards, because he did find pockets where he played well before Denver kind of turned it up. Yeah, he's very good. Um, Yeah, it was interesting. Those Kyle Anderson mid-range floaters um, on the short roll were, it wasn't drop coverage. It was like a soft hedge by Jokic on side pick and roll. So like I think that's going to be a lot of what the what the Wolves try and do is they're going to try and get the big to the middle. Like that's an easier way to get Caranthi Towns, who was atrocious in this game. Um, I, I actually like the decision by Finch to keep him in and have him hit some shots to like okay, bad game, made some buckets, got past it. Don't have to think about it for two days about how you didn't hit a shot or you know it was absolutely horrendous. Like he made a couple there in that stretch. Um, I thought it was interesting that, and Harris included me in that they actually did this in the Thunder game too, that they are actually st- double staggering, that they're putting Gobert and Towns both in to start the second quarters. thought that was like an interesting adjustment um, that particularly versus Denver, that should have worked better. And credit to the bench for holding up, honestly, versus those lineups. And Malone also didn't panic. Now, it did lead to Aaron Gordon getting the fouls. That's where he picked up his two fouls in a row that ended up putting him on the bench. So it's just another thing to monitor, but um, Malone stuck with Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon against the two big lineup, and it worked. They extended the lead during that stretch. We did not get to Malone on why he put Joker back in, which was like, there's just like a lot of questions and everybody's working on different stories. We just didn't get that question in. Um, you know, Malone panics. That's why. Malone panics. Tom Thibodeau does too. These guys that are just so high strung that they don't know how to like, unwind because the nuggets wait, wait, wait. They, that wasn't a panic move they were up 30 you can't be like he panicked up 30 that well is- i mean you panic in terms of like well i better get my guys back in not let them get a run when it's like they could probably get a 10-0 run and then you bring your guys in because it's a 10-0 run cuts it to 17 mm, i i don't know i think it was either it was one of three things i don't think that the decision was right like i'll just be very clear like wrong decision um i think it's hard to ding malone on 
the overall, like, again, the big picture. I can criticize a specific decision from him without saying, this was a great Malone game. I put this on Twitter. I thought he was in my, like, tier of. That's 100% what I'm saying. That's actually what I'm saying. Like I said, yeah, I'm criticizing the specific thing yeah. of like, hey, I just think in those moments, he, Thibodeau has cool. I just think you're too. out of your mind being like, he panicked. Like, come on. Like, he was up 30. It was either they want to get him rhythm, they wanted to get him the triple double, or they wanted to punish him because of, of Tim Conley doing that presser yesterday. It was one well, of those well, <laughs> I, I've told people I thought that this series might get a little bit personal. I don't, I mean, it, it would be crazy for me to think he would risk something like that, though. I, to me, that that was the only thing I was thinking is you had the Kyle Anderson, you know, thing. And I, it's just like, I don't know. These teams don't really like each other. They know each other a little too well. All Nothing but bad stuff can happen. And honestly, I thought Yoke understood that. He gave a hard foul on Anthony Edwards. Got it. I think he got a flagrant for it. Yep. And then fouled immediately after that to foul out. And I yeah. almost felt like that was Jokic's way of being like, yeah, no. I don't, don't do this. Yeah. Don't do this, which he should not have to do. Like Malone shouldn't have put him back in period and dot. Like you're absolutely right. It was a mistake to put him back in. Like everyone was like, what are you doing? We just saw Giannis get hurt. What are you doing? Like only bad things can come out of this. Like he hit. You think the- it's more likely to say that it was Malone being vindictive than it is to say that it was Malone maybe not realizing that the lead was so far out of control that he could have probably just rested his guys. Yes. You think it was more like personal? You would risk Jokic's safety. Here's the other thing I would say is, um, I looked this up. Did you know Embiid was still in when it was 23, I think, versus the Sixers with like five to go. Like I actually noticed this with like Celtics and Sixers from the weekend that like a lot of these teams were just playing normal rotation because they're like, we want to get guys, whether this is the reason or not, it seems like they want to get guys used to those minute allotments. And like, whatever the reason was, again, whatever the reason was, it was wrong. Like, here's the thing. There's two different questions here. Was there a reason for it? And was that reason good? There was a reason for it. It wasn't good. Either whatever the reason was, it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. I will say one of the things we didn't talk about that I thought was interesting in this game is that whether it was because of Aaron Gordon being in foul trouble or whether it was an adjustment Malone prepared for, Michael Porter played a decent size of minutes at the four in this game, and he played great in those. 11 rebounds is huge for him, and just the spacing you get when he's your power forward is huge. And a lot of obviously attacking Rudy Gobert, who looked a little stiff in this game. You know, he was on the injury report with back spasms. I feel like Jokic handles him easier than ever in a lot of ways, but being able to put Michael Porter at the four just opened up even more space. And I, it's almost like a, if Rudy Gobert is going to be out there with towns on the bench guarding Jokic. Yeah. Space it out. And Rudy Gobert has no chance. Yeah. They did not have a counter at all. Um, Bruce Brown, who we loved at the beginning of the season. And then there was a long stretch where we were like, boy, he's not good versus bigger guys. And, you know, like, do we trust the shooting and all the, like, he was phenomenal last night. Like playoff Bruce Brown was terrific. He was so good in pretty much every capacity of the game last night. Aggressive, tough. And just like, you could tell he was chomping at the bit to play this game, which is what you need. Like if you, I thought that Minnesota had a, I don't want to say cockiness about him, but they had this like belief that they had something on Denver. I thought Denver, Denver and Bruce Brown embodied this had actual confidence to them. Meaning it wasn't like, oh, we're going to come out and smack them. We're going to come out and do this. It was just like, no, we're better and we're going to come out punching. We're going to throw the first punch. And Bruce embodied that. That guy just punched the entire time he was on the court. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. On the other side, we'll wrap up with some conversation about MPJ. We'll get into Christian Brown and Kyle Anderson's little tussle. 
uh, and we'll wrap up our discussion on the Nuggets' big win versus the Wolves in Game 1. But first, I need to tell you about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, you need the best-tasting protein bar ever built. you got to try this. If you're like me and you don't, and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't even think that they're good for you. you got to try these. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. We're not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. They've only got 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Just ask my daughter who loves the birthday cake ones. That's her absolute favorite. She goes wild for those. And now you don't need to wait to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at built.com that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puff if you're close to a sam's club you can run in and get a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter puff or churro puff you'll thank me later make sure to check out all the great flavors at built.com we'll be right back on locked on nuggets Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. Uh, question here from Casey who says, Matt, I know you had this approach to the series. is prove it to me and I'll believe it. Was last night enough proof or will it take a couple more? So like the risk here is like, I will tell you, like, I'm I'm like, I'm in overreaction mode. Like I like I walked out of that and was like. Which, okay. Oh, just for the Nuggets you mean? Yeah. Like I walked out last night and was like, holy crap, they could win the West. I was like, you know, Suns lose game one, right? Like warriors don't look like lose warriors lose to the Kings. And I'm just like, man, maybe Denver, like maybe Denver just is the best team in the Western conference. Like all, all everything else indicates. And this is just like the nuggets are going to get there. Um, But like, yeah, like, look, you, you re- overreact to game one and then you come back game two and the things that you thought were certain don't look as certain anymore. And there are things that the wolves can do better. And there are things that they can make the nuggets do worse. Now the nuggets have adjustments to those like Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon both said that last night. They're like, they're going to make adjustments and we're going to make adjustments to those adjustments. And this is the playoffs. Um, But like it, there was to me, the level of defensive focus, how much they crowded drives while also recovering to shooters um their low man rotations bruce brown specifically talked about were all on point that was as good as you could ask for from this team versus that opponent that's a very big team that has some savvy players and they're a little short-handed but in general that's a phenomenal performance like ag's stat line isn't great but ag did all the stuff that helped them win and everybody contributed the stuff that they needed to contribute in that game for them to win by 30. I mean, if you look at what can be better, I mean, I think Jokic can be better. He wasn't in this game because it wasn't needed. Like Jokic yeah. always, he was great early on and he was aggressive early on. Once the game started to get, get the big lead, he kind of just managed it and got everybody involved. So Jokic can be better. Like that's, if Minnesota comes up with ways to stop what worked for Denver this game, they'll go harder to Jokic. Jokic will be more aggressive. I think Jamal Murray can be better. In large part because he wasn't good in the first half. He was great in the second half. He was phenomenal. But it took a little ramping up. And so I think that there was 
your hope if you watch that game is that Murray took a half to get acclimated to the playoffs and then he was in his own. And he was taking shots in the fourth quarter of that game that were, you know, when Murray's feeling it, you know, he's shooting him, he's putting his hands down, not holding his follow through, walking back and he was doing that. Aaron Gordon can be better um, and can be out of foul trouble. You know, he can be on the court a little bit more. Um, so there's just, to me, like a lot of things that can go right for Denver that didn't, um, that that I think gives you confidence that this wasn't just a mirage. I continue to really like Jamal as floor setter and floor general and, and like pure point. I just like that role for him quite a bit. And I don't really know how to like square it with his identity as like tough shot maker. And I don't know if that, I don't think he always knows though, man, that's part of it. Talk about that some more. I, I don't know that he always knows perfectly picks his spots between the two. I mean, last night was an example, especially in the second half where he did. But I'm saying that's sometimes I feel like he point guards really well. Sometimes I feel like he's a really aggressive scorer. And at his best, he 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 finds the balance. But I think that's still part of his game, you know, part of his development. And, you know, I think being a more complete player is better for the Nuggets. You know, like I think that it's good that there's ways that he can contribute, like with assists and stuff like that. Um, MPJ had an interesting night. <clears throat> um as always, when he misses shots, I don't know how to evaluate him because the same shots that I could be like, oh, he missed that one. Like, he's got a bad shooting line. He's taken contested ones. He could absolutely have gone six of seven on, right? Like, it. I don't know how to evaluate. His, in general, I'm just like, well, he just missed. Um, they tried to target him several times on off-ball rotations, kind of like I talked about um, that I thought the teams were going to do. They didn't do it enough, and they didn't hit any of those looks, so it didn't matter. So it's like there were times – Do you think he when- got lost? not lost just laid on the rotate. Like it wasn't like he got like completely, it wasn't like they were on the left side and he was on the right. Right. It wasn't that he, he was just completely bamboozled. It was more just like got caught a step slow on the closeout, but it wasn't enough to, for them to be able to make him pay. And nobody, nobody could hit like Torian Prince was over. Like right. when you're one of your best shooters is, is over. You're again, they were boned in so many ways in this game. Um, he finished four of nine, and I think he started one of four, or one of five. Because, and the reason that's important to me is Denver opened this game up and won big, but that first quarter was a little clunky, and that was where he missed some shots that I think he should make. Now he made some shots I thought he would miss later on in the game, so it all balanced out. Four of nine feels right, but nonetheless, I do wonder what happens is if in that first quarter he makes his first two or three three pointers. Malone called out uh, this play in particular as a good thing, and it, it was a really good play. There's a transition sequence, I believe, as either third or fourth, where um, he's he's in transition and he makes the extra pass to KCP in the corner for an even better one, and KCP hits that three. Um, you know, and, and MPJ said after the game, he was like, "Well, KCP is just as good a shooter as I am," and so like, and like, just like that, that like that's like a subtle thing where it's like, like I don't know that Mike says that three years ago, like. I don't know that he thought anybody on the, on the planet was as good as him. Yeah, um, you know, these guys shoot like, just as an aside, these guys shoot like 70% plus in practice. It's wild. They, they track this at, you know, they they have like the motion censoring and stuff, and they shoot over 70% on their practice it's, threes. I mean, it's insane. Like when you see NBA, like just going through, if you get a chance to, you get tickets to a game, try and get there early to see him warm up. It's worth it just to be like, wow like that's on thousands of shots by the way that's not like oh they each took 100 shots and they yeah. made 70 no this is like on a cumulative over the course of a month's worth of practice shoot arounds and different things nba players are amazing like they're just amazing human beings um christian brown gets into it with kyle anderson really just like 
a good scrappy sequence, like Malone pregame talking about how he wants it spicy. It's the playoffs. And Christian brings that kind of energy. Jamal was hyped for him. Like Jamal, Jamal, I will say this in being in the arena, um, Jamal was doing a lot of the stuff that this team was needed in terms of like exhorting the crowd and being like yelling and being like that emotional heartbeat that he was before the injury. And that to me was like a positive sign. Um, but yeah, Christian gets into it with, with Kyle Anderson. He did a um, good job, by the way, like Christian Brown was being a jerk, but in a way that's legal. You know what I mean? Like he got yeah. in his face and like put the arms, I did the thing where it was like, I'm trying to see if you'll take the bait. And Kyle Anderson did, which tells me something, Matt. And this is why game two is important in my opinion. Like, look, Denver got one win. Every game has its own personality. There's adjustments. There's things that happen. Denver winning game two in the same fashion if they didn't have to be 30 points, but you know, definitively would go a long way because I do think that this is a team that is kind of ready to fray. Um, am I allowed to talk to, for, I, I know it's just like, it didn't ultimately matter, but like, just want to give a shout out to Deandre Jordan. Just, oh, he was great. He was so good. He was so good. He deserves this, a call out. Yeah, he was, he was really great. Like, Hey, Jamal actually ran pick and roll with him too. Like they found him on lobs. Like it was really good stuff. And, um, if they're going to run Gobert out there, I think it's better to have, like, I if DJ can play like that and Gobert is going to play like that, then that this is, like, a big part of it. If Gobert is in that kind of headspace, and I think, honestly, like, Tony Jones is covering the the series for The Athletic because they don't have an, a Nuggets writer, which is embarrassing. But uh, Tony was talking, like, Tony knows Rudy real well from years of covering him. Um, he was like, Rudy doesn't have lift because of his back which is bothering him. Like he almost didn't play in the game where uh, he punched his teammate. Um, and I, I kind of noticed that too. There was a sequence where like, there was one where he would have easily finished a lob and instead he blew it. Now I'm not like, everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. It's the playoffs. Like that's just how it goes. No excuses. But I will just say like a limited go bear is a player like a limited. Most centers in the NBA are not players that Deandre Jordan can handle, but a limited go bear is like, you might be able to get a few minutes with that. If you're in foul trouble with Gordon, it is. I mean, it is funny the specific matchup. I, I don't think that he was supposed to play in this game. I think the foul trouble yeah. brought him in, but he played really well in those minutes. And I think it was hard minutes because it was one minute, then it was a second stint of one minute, and then it was like a four or five minute stint in a row. And those are hard. It's hard to be good for one minute. Like, go yeah. in, you're not going to have a lot of runway. You just have to go out there and make three or four plays. And he did a good job, a, re a really good job. So I want to ask you this, though, with the foul trouble on AG, um, does this concern you from the perspective of that was kind of the idea is like, well, you know, their go to is that they're just going to play AG at five in the stagger rotation. The series is a little bit different because you're talking about two bigs. You're talking about two above average bigs. But does that concern you at all for the long term prognosis of that concept? No, uh, I mean, yes, it does. That's what you worry about. You know, if you put a PJ Tucker on Jokic, usually the younger, undersized guy gets away with murder. They just get to be really physical. I didn't think any of the fouls on AG were bad ones, but that is the give and take is that you hope that he can be effective by being a little bit more physical, but you can't let him get in foul trouble. So the fact that he did get in foul trouble, and by the way, I think his third foul was really boneheaded. That that's what concerns me is when you pick up two and it's early in the second, it's like, hey, okay, just make sure you don't pick up third. And then to pick it up right away. It's a little frustrating. So he was in foul trouble, and Jokic also was in foul trouble. I'm not going to say it concerns me, but it is a battleground. Like, if Minnesota is going to steal a game in Denver, it's going to be most likely because of foul trouble. A couple more things. Um, 
I didn't necessarily love how Jeff played offensively, but I did like, I liked the matchup of Jeff versus one of the bigs as with him as one, like in those two, in those minutes, we didn't see it for very much because of AG's foul trouble, but I feel totally fine for them from the Nuggets perspective with Jeff guarding cat or go bear. Like, I don't feel like they, like he's so strong. I don't feel like that's a huge mismatch for the Nuggets given how those two play. He plays really strong. I don't, he's the one guy that I don't think had a bad game. Didn't have a good game. Just wasn't very remarkable to me. But nonetheless, that's good. You can have afford to have players as long as they're not doing bad things. And then he missed his open threes, which, you know, it's going to happen. Him and AG just have to take the right amount of them. Some other battlegrounds for me, though, Matt, Carl Anthony Towns did not shoot the ball well. He can no. score. And last mm-hmm. night he had a really bad game. Some of this is his own doing. <laughs> like, when he had Aaron Gordon in foul trouble, there was a lot of, like, jumpers he took where I was like – AG's fouling right now. Just go at him. He's going to foul you. Like It's a lock. And he let him off the hook a little bit more than even he should have. But I think he can play better. And then Anthony Edwards, again, had a, sec- a sequence in there where he got going. And I'll have to really go back and zero in on the on the tape about why that didn't continue. I mean, there was halftime. But then he came out. He didn't continue to dominate the way I thought, oh, it looks like he's starting to figure out how to attack this Nuggets defense. You would know the terminology better than I do. Um there are more narrow drives off pick and roll, right? So it's like a tight screen, you know, right off of it and try and get to the middle. One thing that Conley started doing as that game went on is Conley started being like, let's try and get them. Let's string this out. Let's play more to the sides and make them cover more ground, which if you ask the Nuggets to cover a small amount of ground, they're good. If you ask the Nuggets, especially Jokic, to cover a large amount of ground, that's where you can get seven. That's where they got the Kyle Anderson stuff. I kind of wonder if some of that is going to be like, it's funny because you mentioned like Towns took a lot of jumpers. I thought Towns also on the other end. I thought Towns got too anxious trying to do post-up moves and stuff when he had a smaller guy on him. And I'm like, that's not going to work. Like you're not a good enough post-up player to hit those shots. Like you need to be spacing out. Like that's, if you're, this, is why, this is why Akeem called Jokic the one because right. he perfectly picks when to go to the jumper, when to go to the post game or whatever. Last night, Yoke didn't take a shot outside of five feet. That's by design. Like when we say was Jokic more aggressive, can he do this or that? He didn't have to go to anything other than the first option. I mean, Jokic did not go deep into his bag last night, even though he had all the nice footwork. He just went to the post game and then let everything else kind of play out. Cat, on the other hand, I thought was forcing all kinds of actions, not necessarily thinking, what is it I need to be trying to do? Yeah, and that's really the difference. Uh, not the difference, but it's one of the differences between them. Um, great crowd, by the way, at Ball. Was I was like, I don't know how this is going to go for an 8.30 tip on a Sunday. Um, and it was phenomenal. The crowd was insane. Like, it was like they were on top of Minnesota from the jump. It was a really good energy. It was really positive. The Nuggets rewarded it. Like, top to bottom, uh, really great night for Denver and and really for the Denver crowd, too. Like, that was a really good environment for Denver, which, like, I've always, you know, I've seen weird playoff crowds at Ball Arena. The fact that it feels very much like everyone buys into this team and, like, they're the one seed with the two-time MVP, so they should. But it's also just, like, that's good. Like, that's a good – That's it is how it should be, and that's a positive, I think. Yeah, I'm excited for tomorrow's show to get your opinion on some of these other Western Conference uh, matchups because really fascinating. Stuff. It was a very interesting first round in the West. I got, I, I got the. I feel like I have a really good handle on the West, 
and I don't know anything about the East other than like Sixers and Celtics are going to roll. I'm lost on the East, but West, I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on. Um, okay. Little tease for tomorrow's show. Yeah. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll continue. Who plays getting... tonight? Do you know who's, who's on the uh, Kings, tonight? Warriors, Sixers. Oh Warriors. man, that one day they're making those guys play again. Yeah. Yeah. So a quick turnaround for the best game of the year. You want to, you want to tease? Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, like, I am pretty confident right now that Golden State Warriors are not going to win the Western Conference because they're not, they're going to have to play too many minutes and too many games. And that's... Oh, this is like the Lakers. This has been my Lakers theory for all these years that I just don't know what they have. I mean, unless they sweep or something like that, but contentious series after series, I don't think AD and LeBron have it. You think that about the Warriors? Interesting. Yeah. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see you guys again tomorrow online.